Awesome. All right. I'm going to have Donna and Tom help me out. If you want a Bible, go ahead and, and raise your hand. If you have a Bible on your phone or in your lap, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 4. We're going to dive right in today, mix it up a little bit, and get after it. Um, we're going to look at Luke, and interestingly enough, um, Luke is the one gospel writer who described Jesus as amazing and awesome and astonishing more than any other of the gospel writers. For some reason, for some reason, Luke, as he recounted what happened when Jesus was on earth, he described Jesus and the reactions of people as amazing and awesome. So let me ask you a question. What would you have to do this year, in 2018, that people would still be talking about and saying how awesome Kirk Doty was in 2018? How, what amazing thing would you have to do for them to be still talking about it and calling it amazing 30 years from now in 2000, what year would that be? 2048. In 2048, what would you have to do this year to cause people to still say 30 years later, oh my gosh, Sydney Tyler is amazing what she did in 2018? I mean, what would you have to do? Well, this is kind of like helping us to figure out. Now, some of you are like, I'm not going to be alive in 2048. You don't know that. You don't know that for sure. But I think what's interesting is that when you think about this, Luke was writing his his um, account of what happened when Jesus was on earth 30 years after it happened. And so he was still writing in a way that was describing the scenarios, describing the situations that Jesus was in, in this amazing, awesome, astonishing way. You probably all don't believe me, so let's go ahead and start out with Luke chapter 4, verse 22. It says this, he was just speaking to the people. All spoke well of him, And we're amazed. Everyone say amazed. Amazed. We're amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Next slide. Luke 4.32. Just skip down a couple of verses. They were amazed. Everyone say amazed. At his teaching because his words had authority. This is where he was casting out an impure spirit. This is amazing. Then side two of the impure spirit. It's just a couple of verses later where it says, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. Everyone say amazed. This is the description that Luke has. Keep going. Chapter 5. You guys just keep going. Like, like stay with it. Chapter 5, verse 8. This is when he sees some of his early disciples fishing and, and he tells them how to fish better. And to catch more. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished. Everyone say astonished. Astonished. At the catch of fish that that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon. those were Simon's partners. Next slide. This is... um, 
when he raises a widow's son. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Everyone say amazed. Amazed. Everyone say awe. Awe. Everybody say awe. That's not the type of awe we're talking about, all right? This is awesome stuff. And they were amazed. And Luke, in one sentence, wait, no, in one verse, he uses the words amazed and awe. I mean, this is packed with stuff. Next slide. They were filled with awe. Everyone say awe. Awe. And praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Obviously, what was happening was spectacular, was astonishing, was awesome, was amazing, and the, the word about Jesus was spreading throughout the land. Next slide. And they were all amazed. Everyone say amazed. Amazed. At the greatness of God. Next slide. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. And when the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed. Everyone say amazed. Amazed. You guys are starting to get on the pattern here. Now keep thumbing around. You guys got to really race through. Luke chapter 20. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public. And astonished. Everyone say astonished. By his answer, they became silent. Guys, the, Luke uses the words amazed, awesome, astonished, way more than any of the other gospel writers. There's something about what Luke was trying to describe here that Jesus is amazing. This is part one of a two-part series. This is amazing part one. Next week is amazing part two. Anybody ever have a mixtape, right? You got side A, side B. This is side A. What Luke was saying is that Jesus is amazing. He is amazing. What he was doing, he was working miracles. He was answering questions in ways that just kind of like dumbfounded people. He was doing all of this, and people were astonished and amazed and in awe. In Scripture, there's five different words that are used to describe this idea of amazed. Um, anybody out there with a Greek degree can feel free to uh, help me with my pronunciation. Um, but as you look at this, thaumazo was um, one of the main ones that was used in the passages we just read. And thaumazo is a, is a word that means this. It means to wonder, to marvel, to admire, to flatter, to astonish. And amaze. And then you have existemi, you have ekpleso, ecstasis, and phobos. Yeah? And phobos is one that says this. It's actually, um, ecstasis first, is, it describes someone who is displaced out of a normal state of thinking. <laughs> this can be good and bad, right? But you're displaced out of a normal way of thinking. How many of you know that our thinking, left alone and unto ourselves, is suspect? I mean, come on now. For real? Like, our thinking is suspect. Some of us, are we are so in the normal mode of thinking that all we have is a routine and a rut that we are in. And some of us are like, man, I need to get out of my normal way of thinking. Someone who witnesses something that is out of this world. Anybody want to witness something that is out of this world? It's actually a blended form of fear 
and wonder. Like, things are happening that are scary, but awesome. Like, have you ever been, like, on, I don't know, what's the new roller coaster at Great America? Goliath, what have you. What is it? The Joker, all this stuff, you know. It's like, oh my gosh, you're freaking out, but you're having a blast, right? This is the idea. So then you also have Phobos, which is fear or respect. People were so displaced by what they saw Jesus do that they were fearful, but they were telling others about what they had seen because they were leaving him in a dumbfounded and wonderstruck way. So this is, this is the whole deal. Like, this is it, man. Like, this is what Luke is communicating to us today and what we need to get our head around. And I'm going to ask you a question. What happened? I mean, if you think about it for a second, and let's just say there's this huge, like, big chart in front of us, right? Big chart in the sky. And the top right corner of the story wall is the uh, level of amazement that people were experiencing when Jesus was on earth. And what Luke was describing was like, this guy is amazing. He is awesome. He is astonishing. And then we kind of like truck on down over to 2018. Where is our level of amazement and astonishment and awe about Jesus? I mean, how low would you say we have to go if that's when Jesus walked the earth and was amazing to now when Jesus is a very divisive personality. What's up, man? And down here somewhere, maybe? That's the question. What has happened? So what happened? We went from all of this amazement. You can put your Bibles away, by the way. But maybe you want to look back at it. That's fine. Keep it open. But we went from way up there. Jesus is amazing, astonishing, awesome, unbelievable works of God, miracles. And now 2018, we kind of read that. And like you guys are like, really, Joe? Amazed. Everybody say, astonished. And you're just like, oh my gosh, can we be done? Some of you were. Some of you love that. So I'm asking you this question. What happened? That's the thing that I want us to wrestle with today. What happened between then and now? A couple of things that I'll throw out there as theory. Um, number one, I feel as though there's something about the distance between when something awesome happens and now. The longer that time frame is, the level of amazement seems to drive downward pretty fast. So the fact that Jesus walked the earth some 2,000 years ago and that Luke describes his activities and what the people's reactions were as amazing, that was 2,000 years ago, man. Like, that's a long time to keep the excitement level at that level. Is that fair? I think we've all experienced that. That when something amazing happens... Let's just say you get married. And then the longer you're married, somehow the amazement starts to go down just a little bit. Right, ladies? But here's the thing what I'm going to say is that that's not only the only thing because I think sometimes it's familiarity, right? So, like, I have a great we. Um, 
you know, game console at home, it's dusty. But man, when we first got that, we were bowling every night. It was like, it was amazing. I mean, Noah could bowl a strike from upstairs behind the TV. Like, he was like five, and he's like bowling from upstairs. I'm like, what is happening right now? Why does he keep getting strikes? But we don't play Wii Bowling anymore. kind of wish we did, but I mean, it's just something wears off, right? It's that, now if we had an Atari 2600 and a little Space Invaders, we'd be playing that all the time. But something is, has to do with the time frame, the distance in time, but also the familiarity. I think there's something else as well. I think that, and you guys, I want you to be like, like interact, you know, like start thinking about what happened. What happened to everyone telling people about Jesus to today? I was listening to um, a radio station this week, and there was a, an early education expert that was on. And I don't know if you guys heard, but the city of Chicago is, is piloting a, a program where they're going to offer full-day preschool to four-year-olds throughout the city at different income levels, starting with the lower income and then moving up over the next four years. And they were talking about how amazing that is and how great it is. And this guy, this expert in early education, said something that was really, really interesting to me. It's that he said... You know, parents, they, they, the problem is that they focus on um, all in one area. And it's not always the only area that they should be focusing on. And that area is cognitive achievement. So what the parents will do as they drop their kid off at preschool and pick them up over a year or so's time, they'll say, hey, listen, can my kid write their name? Hey, listen, can my kids recite the ABCs? Does my kid know how to count to 10 and write them all out? Do, 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 can he do that? And this guy said, very interesting to me. He said, you know what? Sometimes that's not the only thing that you should be focusing on. Cognitive achievement is important. However, there's other things. I don't know if you call them social achievements or emotional achievements. But he said things like, hey, can your kid participate in class? Can your kid sit still and listen? Can they pay attention to what the teacher is saying and what the other children in the class are saying? Because here's the catch. They're going to need those things in order to learn and achieve the cognitive things later. If they can't sit still or they can't listen, they can't pay attention, they're not going to be able to achieve those cognitive things. Makes a lot of sense, right? It's kind of like when you try to teach a kid to, to sign their name and write their name out before they're ready. They hate it, right? Was anybody ever forced to do something in school that you didn't want to do? Right, so then everybody here at some point hated school. And the reason is because many times when kids are little, we push them to read. We push them to write their name, to write out 1 through 10, to write out the ABCs when they're not ready. And then that kid is just like, I'm done. School is brutal. I don't want to go anymore. And now school becomes a struggle. So these are the things that I think are part of it. I also think um, last night, Larry Watson um, taught a class, our equip class was our, um, one more this coming Saturday at 6.45. Um, and he taught on, does God still work miracles today? And I, and I think that that's another question for us to wrestle with because, you know, what Jesus was doing to cause all of that amazement was he was working miracles. He was also speaking in amazing ways. But these things that he was doing were unexplainable of, except to say that they were of God. So I don't know where you're at today, but all I can tell you is there's got to be a reason that we have to be able to put in our mind and say, okay, maybe it's all of these reasons combined.
But something changed. Can we establish that? Something changed. Is Jesus any less amazing today than he was then? No. But something changed. So, to kind of wind this up is, how do we get it back? How do we get the wonder back? How would you answer that question? How do you get the wonder back? Man, once you've lost it, how do you get it back? A couple of things I want you to think about. One is this. Is that remembering what God has done in the past sensitizes us to what he is doing now. This is huge. If you're taking notes today, jot down Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is a long one. It's a long one. Psalm 78 is kind of known to be kind of like the Cliff Notes version of the story of Israel, where the, the author basically outlines all the things that God did in the nation of Israel, and he was doing that for a reason, because we forget, right? The people of God often forget, but remembering what God has done in the past for us sensitizes to what he's doing now. The other thing that I want you to think about is this. Developing wonder takes time. Developing wonder in your life takes time. If you've been living in an, an underwhelmed mode of who Jesus is in your life, you know what? I believe that today, this moment right now, for sure, you could have an experience with God that will flip the switch in your heart. And I believe that that's very possible. But some of us, it's going to take some time because you're so caught up in what culture has told you is awesome. I'll say this. All of us want amazing. All of us want amazing. We want to be wowed. We want to be amazed. We want to be excited. We want to be, have this attitude of wonder. But it's so hard to keep that. We look at Four basic areas in our life to get that amazing into our life. Number one, we look at ourselves, and we're like, you know what? I got this, man. Like, I got this. I just know that if I just create these habits and I live this lifestyle, if I just eat this diet, if I just have this exercise program, I am going to be amazing, and everyone's going to know it, and it's going to be awesome. And then we realize that we always, always let us down. You will always let you down. And if you haven't let, your, let yourself down yet and realize you're broken, please talk to me after the service. I want to know your secret. But then we say, okay, well, maybe it's not inside here. I get that. But maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's other people. Maybe it's that girl or that guy. Or maybe it's that relationship. Or maybe it's a, a, a spouse. Or maybe it's a mom or a dad. Or maybe it's a roommate or a coworker or a boss. Or somebody that's going to somehow going to write your ticket so that you have amazing. But I will tell you this, guys, and some of you have lived life long enough to know that other people always let you down. Always. 
And when you have everything down, all in on other people, you will feel like you lost it all as well when they let you down. But they're like, oh, you know what? But what it's about, it's about stuff. Because if I could just get that job or just get that car or just get that house or just get that job with that salary and that promotion and then I've got it, then I'm going to be able, if I could cut that contract or get that deal or I could just get that boat, plane, whatever it is, and you have the stuff and guess what? Stuff always lets you down. Everybody hear the joke, two best days of a boat owner? The day they buy the boat and the day they sell it, right? This is the thing, man. Stuff always lets us down. But then we're like, all right, fine, fine, fine. Ratchet back. Let's go back to church. It's all about religion. I need Jesus in my life. Well, you're right, but you don't need religion in your life. Religion is about man-made rituals and about things that you have to do in order to earn God's favor. Let me tell you, religion will always let you down if you separate it from the living God that wants a relationship personally with you. So we all want this amazing. We all want this amazing. And so we, how do we get it back? We look at these four things. They don't work. So how do we get it back? Well, I'll say another thing. Um, rest is a big part of it. Right, just a quick poll. How many of you guys got um, more than eight hours of sleep sometime this week? Nice. Nice. A lot of young people, like, with no responsibility. Good job. Um, I mean, no, I mean, I love you all. It's all good. But a lack of rest makes us drowsy to the things God is doing now. Did you see what we did there? A lack of rest makes us drowsy to the things of God that he's doing right now. So we're going to unpack this at another time, but man, rest is a big deal. And I'm not just talking about how much sleep you're getting, but I'm talking about sitting it's why we did the 40 days of solitude just a few weeks ago and ended it was because we don't rest, we don't slow down, we don't take time to really be with our thoughts, like Sarah said, to really understand what God is doing in our lives. So here's a few things that I think that we can do. If you want, if you want to tackle it, if you want to go for it, this is what we can do to get the wonder back. Number one, pray for wonder. Pray for it. Say, God, I want that wonder back. When this band gets up here in a few minutes, start off by saying, God, I want that wonder back. Holy Spirit, I want that back. I want to have that a level of amazement that, that, that Luke had, that the people of God had, that those that didn't even know God but saw what Jesus did, that they had. I want that. Pray for wonder. Another thing you can do is ask yourself a question or a challenge. What is one thing in the Old Testament that is worthy of your praise. Don't leave it rhetorical. Somebody yell at me. What is one thing in the Old Testament that is worthy, that God did that is worthy of your praise? He parted the Red Sea. The manna. Creation. Are you guys stumped? Somebody crack open to Psalm 78 real quick. <laughs> and deliverance from exile. David and Goliath. Awesome. What is one thing that God has done and did in the Old Testament that's worthy of your praise? Because we're about ready to sing. And if you're just like, you know what? All right, next thing. Pray for wonder. 
One thing in the Old Testament. What is one thing in the New Testament that God did that is worthy of your praise? Resurrection. Jesus. Pentecost. The Holy Ghost. Raising people from the dead. What? What was that? Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Awesome. Way to chime in, Zoe. I like it. So pray for wonder. You guys have a list right now, okay? This is stuff that you can engage in if you want to, to get the wonder back. Pray for wonder. One thing in the Old Testament, one thing in the New Testament. How about this? What is one thing that God has done at second place in the past year that is worthy of your praise? Baptisms. The student group. The Kenya trip. Coming up here in a couple weeks. What's that? Love Moni. Yeah. It doesn't get easier, guys. The next slide is harder. What is the one thing that God has done in your life in the past year that is worthy of your praise? Wakes you up every morning. You're not done with me yet, Lord. Ooh, I like it. Saved your son's life. Unbelievable. Saved my life. Saved your life. Whether you go to the 9 or the 11, you all know this moment. It's always that awkward silence. The bank can come up. You see, this is why this is the first of two messages, is because we have to sit with this a second. If Jesus was that amazing, and he's no less amazing now than it was then, then what changed? If you have a hard time praying for wonder, I'll ask God to increase your faith and to allow you to step, take a step of faith into that, into that prayer, to disturb you out of what's normal into what's amazing. If you have a hard time figuring out one thing in the Old Testament that is worthy of your praise or one thing that is in the New Testament that's worthy of your praise. You see, those are easy because those are already in the book. Those are already things that you can, you can mine, you can go after, you can read. But then you start to get personal. And this actually, I'll throw our growth group under the bus. Um, this is a hard question for our group to answer. The things that happen at second place, or really the hardest question is, what has God done in my life? And I think it's because we are so not dependent on God for anything in America. It's really hard because your paycheck comes from a company and your food comes from, you know, a store and everything you buy comes in a little brown package from Amazon, right? And you don't rely on God for anything. And so 
I'm the same way. So we have to dig deep. We have to dig and we have to tear away all the layers of culture that have basically said, you can find amazing in this next thing or this next person or whatever to really realize that Jesus is the most amazing thing that we could ever tap into. So why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, as we go to worship today, together as one, for the first time in a long time, Lord, I pray that the level of amazing, the level of wonder in our hearts would go up. That, Lord, that there would be some sort of an of a acknowledgement and, Lord, an ability to pray for wonder. That we would step over the line and say, God, I want wonder. I want to realize how creative, how awesome, how amazing astonishing you are. You know, I'm not sure where you're at today, but um, there's a lot of ways to press into God's amazing and the wonder of God. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's moving. Sometimes it's like, it's, it's speaking words. It's praying. It's singing. Sometimes it's an attitude of the heart. But man, I really believe that there's sometimes when it just needs to kind of like be expressed. It needs to be, it needs to be given words. Or maybe it just said, you gotta step out, man. There's a point in your life when you real you reach a point where you you experience this Jesus in a way that you can't resist anymore. Well, you can. It's just that there might be one more thing that you could maybe push into that would make a statement to say, God, I, I can't, really, I, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Like, I, I, I don't have it. I, get, I don't have the answers. I just need to give in. And if you stay where you're at, you can blow that off. You can endure that because God gave you the ability to do that. But you know what? You can also tell your, your body to take a step out. You can tell your lips to start praising God. You can tell yourself that, you know what? It's not about anything else, but I have to respond to what's in the spirit. So the band's going to sing this again after I pray. And some of you are wanting and knowing and needing to move out of your seat today to say, God, I am making a statement that I want wonder in my life. And you want, you feel it right now. You want to come up here. We got everybody in the back. That's cool. Stay there if you want to. But there are people here that want to come forward. And you know what? If you stay in your seat, no shame, no judgment. You're perfectly fine to stay in your seat. Maybe. But there's also a ton of us and some of us that are not okay and perfectly fine to stay in our seat today because you know that God wants you to take a step to make it a final decision to say, God, I want to go all in. So we're going to mix it all up today. You might be coming up here because you're saying, Jesus, I've been following the wrong Jesus. I've been following the Jesus that was in some book that's old. But I know that you are alive and you're coming to worship the real Jesus today. Or maybe you're recommitting your life back to him. Maybe you're just for the first time or for the, the first time in a long time. I don't know. But maybe you're just coming up here because you want to get closer. I don't know. Just because you want to move and you're bored at your seat. But you're going to come up. So if that's you, let's do this. Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you, God, for being able to speak into existence, Lord God, things in our hearts, things that we know we need to make a decision about. Lord, we pray that we would allow our bodies to move, to be able to say, God, I am making a statement here, not 
not to anybody else, but to me and to you, to follow the leading of the Spirit. So God, I pray right now for wonder for every single person in this room. Lord, that you would allow us to be light in dark places. And Lord God, and as we take steps towards you, you will meet us there. There's no doubt about it, God. And we just pray right now that you would allow us to worship you. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for wonder and what you're beginning inside of us. Lord, we all come from different places. We're all in a different place in our journey with you. And I pray, God, that we would realize how personal you are and how much you want to walk with us from where we are to where you want us to be. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and in this place. Give us a good week this week. A week where we can see your wonder, your creativity, your beauty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great week.